Welcome to the main podcast. This is your host, The Duck. If you've been following along recently, we released a video exclusive where Skylar and I watched each other's old YouTube videos and reacted to them. This conversation picks up where that video left off. So hold on to your fat shithole, because here we go. It's kind of, we were, we were almost ready to segue about um, the absurdist humor in Maine that you were talking about. Yes. Uh, and the particular age groups and, and particular reasons. So I guess, I guess what we were talking about is like absurdity of some of these videos that we were just watching. It's that same humor that we're, we're bringing to the main groups. We've noticed a trend and Facebook has metrics. We can look at it at nauseum if we wanted to, but we don't do that. But just like from interacting with people, you notice that we're all, we're all sort of in the same boat. There aren't a lot of younger people memeing. It's, it's not, it's not a lot of older people either. It's very much a narrow window of like, what would you say? I'd, I'd guess the bulk of memers are from 26 to 42. That's probably about where I'm at. I mean, I know that's probably the bulk. I, I might be able to think of like a couple that are kind of like outliers. Well, yeah. And that's, but, and that's uh, why, I mean, if you were to take like a median range, you know, there's a few outliers. I know, I know at least five people that are either forties or fifties. And then I know a handful of people that are in their young twenties. I don't think I know anyone personally that's in their teens memeing. Um, but then again, we're probably not in those groups. I bet there are places where that may happen. But I think as far as meme culture as a whole, the people that are pushing out the bulk of the content absolutely is the millennials. Yeah, I, I would agree with your age range. So I, I had some great quotes that I took down uh, in the in the group chat because I thought, you know, they were they were funny to me anyway. Yeah, um, that, that was a good thread. So one explanation given by Gina was that they're busy eating ass and living. You don't meme until you have no life left. So <laughs> that's a good take. Uh, Fabian said, I think it has to do with coming of age at the time that we did. We have seen the evolution of internet memes from the very beginning. And I mean, that's 100% true, especially for um, what we we are dubbing ourselves now, the geriatric millennials. Uh, Skylar, how old are you? I am 27. Okay, you're not. You're a, you're just a true, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> you're a true blue millennial. I'm going to be 36 this year, and I've never really related to a lot of the things that that pertain to a millennial. And just last year, I was reading like some article, and they've they've dubbed the older of the millennials geriatric millennials. And I said, finally, a way to convey how I feel because <laughs> I mean it, it's it's accurate though. Um, I grew up with the tech, but I grew up. I didn't grow up where the tech was an integral part of our everyday lives. I grew up with the tech growing up. You know, my brother had a hand-me-down computer that I used DOS prompts to get to the games from. Uh -huh. uh, probably, you know, probably a 3.1 Windows, uh, and it had an external modem. And at the time, you couldn't get, there really wasn't home internet. You could get it. But it was like ludicrously expensive and complicated, and you needed an external modem. And it really it wasn't the internet that millennials know to this day in any respect. It was definitely like web 1.0. It was probably all text-based. I got the hand-me-down of the previous generation. My brother was even techie. He's in his fifties now. So he truly grew up in the tech's infancy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But 
with with us older millennials we definitely matured with the tech and so we we kind of learned it better i think and we mastered it but it also became more advanced and so that's where like my brother's generation he's starting to probably lose touch a little bit uh and whereas i'm right in the thick of it and and i say that but i couldn't figure out a microphone for a podcast for weeks so um and then uh we had another quote from pc and Uh he said non-normie gen zers and the youngest millennials are more about being random than absurd. I think a study should be done. People who watched Ren and Stimpy, Dexter's Laboratory, are ten times as likely to become shit posters as kids who watched crap. And I'm I, this is not my word. <laughs> uh, like Rocco's Modern Life or Ed, Ed and Eddie. Now he's PC is actually. Uh, I don't even know if he he's still in the millennial grouping. He's a little older than me. He's um, he's probably Gen X. He, he's forty something, isn't he? Yeah. So so and and it's this this quote is very telling because they're he's mixing up uh, eras a little bit. Ren and Stimpy and Dexter's Lab, uh, and then Rocco. So Ren and Stimpy came before, I'm pretty sure, and then Dexter's Lab was probably what I would attribute to my generation along with Rocco's Modern Life, whereas Ed, Ed, and Eddie came later, but it's still millennial, it's just younger. For me, you know, when I was young, everybody was up in arms about Ren and Stimpy. There was really nothing else like it. That was the offensive show, and Nick, Nickelodeon didn't like that show. They were upset that that made <laughs> it to air, and that's why you don't find a lot of Ren and Stimpy merchandise. Now, that was more my brother's a gen um, my middle oldest brother is a gen xer and oh. that was his jam he loved ren and stimpy but he was even a little old for it now me i was smack dab in rocco's modern life generation like i was probably uh, 9 years old or so like uh, uh, could you say when rocco's modern life like came out i just i, I don't really well, know exactly when it came around let's see I know Ed, Ed, and Eddie, I think, was 1999. Uh, Dexter's Lab was probably 97. Exactly. So Rocco's Modern Life was 1993. And so I was pretty accurate in my guess because I was born in 85. So I would have been about eight years old when Rocco's Modern Life made its debut. So about nine years old when it was really underway. Uh Um, And Rocco, I loved Rocco. Um, I I, I have a notebook somewhere that I ranked my favorite shows from about this age range. And so I... I've looked at it from time to time and it's kind of funny. It was like my art book from when I was a child and Rocco was definitely up there. He was in the top three. Uh, the, there was a weird one kind of odd on cartoon central called two stupid dogs. That was also up there for me. And then another one that I was insane about was the angry beavers, which became my absolute favorite childhood show. And that was about that same generation. It was like, uh, Rocco's Modern Life and uh, Angry Beavers would have, and Doug, and those three would really encapsulate that era for me. Now, for you, I bet, like you said, you're probably more the Ed, Ed, and Eddie era. So what were you watching about that time? Okay, so I was, uh, I was born in 1994, but I didn't have cable growing up until sure. probably like 2000 three or four maybe yeah and i was the Um, same way yeah so uh uh, my grandpa actually uh he would tape 
six hour long blocks of Cartoon Network <laughs> and just nice. like send them to me on VHS tapes. And yeah. uh, I was talking with my mom about it, and apparently she has some of these VHS tapes still actually at her house. So I, I'm trying to get her to send those to me. Just, oh, you yeah. know, so I, so I can really relive, you know, not just the cartoons, but just like the, the commercials of the era. Yeah. Because that was a whole different uh, era of commercials as well. I mean, you, you you're, don't see stuff like the Honeycombs mascot yeah, anymore. Yeah. I mean, the, the, that was a whole trip in itself. But it, uh, it, he would tape Cartoon Network for me. So that I got to watch a lot of... Uh, uh, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, uh, Dexter's Lab, um, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yeah, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Um, mm-hmm. He would do Dragon Ball Z, you know, because it came on a Toonami. Yeah. As I got cable when I was a little bit older, you know, I, I was still watching a lot of Cartoon Network, but, you know, I got kind of late into the game with like SpongeBob and uh, uh, Code Lyoko on uh, Cartoon Network was. That was one of my favorite, like, it, it, it felt really original, kind of like a young adult series. Yeah, and see, I'm lost now, right? <laughs> um, I, I have no idea that show. I did watch a little uh, Dexter, um, and, I, and I, I think I felt a little old for it, but I still enjoyed it. Um, and I didn't really enjoy Ed and Eddie because I did feel like that was a later generations thing because it to me i'd been watching at this point now um i found the real like gen xer gold uh i found space ghost coast to coast by this point so now my favorite stuff is coming on super late at night like i remember staying up until um 11 which was late at the time to watch space ghost coast to coast and i didn't know why i liked it but it was that absurdist comedy and it's still to this day one of my favorite animated shows it's just such a brilliant idea you bring guests onto a show they don't really know what's going on and then you just completely go off the rails and see how they react and you never answer a question in a logical fashion and and with celebrities some of them can hang and some of them have no idea what's happening and they're just talk i think they were probably just like talking to um, i don't know if they were even talking to the people in the room but you know later on they're adding these animations from the original space ghost show which was a total flop um, Space Ghost was such a flop, and uh, so they got all these cells on the cheap, and they just like got the rights to it, and they used these existing cells to animate a new show, sort of like my video uh, with the paint earlier. You know, it's just overlaying people in scenes with the cells, and it's just such a unique thing, and that kind of kicked off all of Adult Swim, which for me. I was a little old for uh, the later stuff. I, I mean, I guess a little old isn't the right term. It just got too bizarre for me. Um, I, I lost interest right around the time Aqua Teen was hitting its stride. I liked Aqua Teen and I liked Space Ghost. But then from there, things just got wild. Um, and it was just too much, like the Squid Billies and, and all that stuff. Yeah, Squidbillies, uh, uh, Metalocalypse was great. Okay, I, I have an exception. I actually watched some Metalocalypse recently. That's a great show. And mostly because the guy actually writes the music for it, and it is it is decent metal. Oh, man, I, I, was, at, um, I was at a circus a couple of weeks ago with uh, you know, the family, and uh, you know, they do the, uh, 
this grand finale with the all the motorcyclists in this you know giant ball you know they're yeah, like yeah, yeah. You know, riding around the ball and uh, their introduction song actually was a uh, thunder horse by death clock and i was nice. freaking out uh, well i was talking about um remember i mentioned ren and stimpy nickelodeon didn't like them yeah. um so for my generation the ren and stimpy was angry beavers i remember reading that nickelodeon did not like that show they were trying to put a stop to it it was like it did have like i've watched it as an adult it had some good hidden adult humor um but it wasn't as bad as ren and stimpy but you'll also notice there isn't really any existing angry beavers merchandise what is out there is mostly third party it's not licensed by nickelodeon and um, so one time I went on eBay back when eBay was in its infancy. And I was like, I really want a DVD of Angry Beavers episodes. And all I could find was bootleg ones. They didn't make them. And I found that very bizarre. And then what I found out when I bought it, because I was like, I have to have this still. Um, I found out that there were tons of episodes that Nickelodeon never released. Um, and I don't even know really? where they, they came out. So I had this treasure trove of like episodes I didn't even know existed. Um, and I think that show was really great for its era, that and Rocco. Um, but Nickelodeon just kind of hated the more absurdist humor. Um, they were they were more into like true kids shows, and uh, some of these guys were pushing it. Yeah, the, there's a lot of shows from that era that I'd like to go back to. Like you know, you were you were on about Space Ghost, and like I knew of it as a kid, but I didn't understand the humor. Right. Um, I don't think I did either, even though I was older. Um, I still don't think I truly understood it. I just knew I liked the weirdness. I was absolutely just into absurdity when I was young. I just wanted to make people confused. And uh, uh, PC, he, he was talking about being the non-normie Gen Zers and the youngest millennials are more about being random than absurd. But like, what's the difference between random and absurd? Um, so I think that to truly define that, we would need a whole episode. But what what I guess my best way of describing it would be random is like you just pick something out of a hat. So like, you know, you just kind of let your brain wander and you just say whatever comes to mind. That's random, right? Like 10 pennies and a banana horse boot camp, right? And then you just try to mash that all together. So you got a horse and boot camp with 10 pennies and banana. Boom, absurd. I mean, random. And that's where that line is is very, very hard to differentiate because that's also pretty absurd, right? But I think absurd also was like a feeling. It's like there's this urgency, like when they would do those zoom in on uh, Ren and Stimpy's faces and it would be like, they'd be perfectly <laughs> normal animation. And then they would zoom flash zoom straight in on the character's face. And there'd be like worms coming out of the skin. Like yeah, they, they'd just be like grotesque. Like, yeah. And, and, and that was like what I feel like was probably more absurd about it um, is it wasn't so much random. You, they were following a storyline. They had this very disjointed storyline they were following, but the absurdity, the way they approach things was so different. Um, I mean, those zooms to this day, I, I, they, they'd be like someone screaming and they zoom in on the face. And you could tell those animations took a ton of work. And uh, the rest of it was like hen scratch almost when they were going through their normal walking routines or whatever. And uh, actually, a, I feel like a lot of that kind of influence carried over to SpongeBob because they, they do a lot of those same kind of zoom ins on characters' faces. Yes, absolutely. 
Yeah, and that's I think that was Nickelodeon's cash cow, right? They got SpongeBob. They've been milking that thing for twenty Over years. 20 years. Now. It's crazy how long that's been on the air. I mean, what rivals it? Just The Simpsons? <laughs> uh, the Simpsons. Uh, gosh, what what else has been on the air for a really long time? Uh, uh, Sunny is hitting its fifteenth season. Yeah, uh, it's amazing how long Always Sunny has held with it. To be honest. Oh, I mean uh, they. I don't think they would have made it if, you know, Danny DeVito didn't come on. Well, no, but I will say, I feel like to me, Always Sunny is a great show. It's, it's very true to our, it's, you know, our era. It's just a modern day Seinfeld is all it is. Of course, growing up, I didn't catch a lot of uh, Seinfeld. I mean, like I, I was familiar with the theme song. That was about it. But I, I think I caught one episode where it, uh, uh, Kramer, he's got, that uh ass man license plate and he's like i'm yeah. not ass man like <laughs> yeah someone down the street from me has that in their window i always get a little chuckle they've got an ass man license plate that's great oh i watched a lot of seinfeld but for me i mean i i think that's a great show i we were talking about it in one of the chats the other day and wes was saying that he he doesn't like Jerry Seinfeld and he's full of himself and he would tell you he's better than other comedians. And absolutely. I think Jerry is like not really that funny. His, his timing, his delivery, everything about it is really not that great, but I, I don't know. I think that's kind of the trope. Right. And, and so he, he has this delivery that is sort of funny in that it's not, and it's the other characters that make the show. Jerry is just there to help progress the plot along. They all meet at his apartment, but really he's kind of a loser. Um, <laughs> you know, Kramer's the comedy. George is like definitely comedy, but he's like, he adds a, a manic element to the episode uh, to the, and you know, and it, it, it's kind of similar to how everything functions in always sunny, the dynamics, they, none of them have any character growth. They're all awful, awful people. Um, and, and it's just funny to, because they never, it's like arrested development, right? Nobody, nobody progresses, um, at, on an emotional level ever. They're always just the same awful people in different situations. And I think that's why a show like that can run as long because you don't have to really, uh, have these characters grow. They do what they do and that's what they do. But yet you can still have the, uh, the growth of like, uh, Max gut or <laughs> the, the ongoing he's, he's gay. He's not gay. Uh, and then nobody cares anymore, Max, just, <laughs> just come out with it. And then he'll like renegotiate and like go back straight. And it's just like there, I mean, that's an awful joke and, and the whole show is awful and that's just what it is. Uh, I feel like another reason that it's gone on for so long and uh, uh south park was another one that we hadn't mentioned uh, that's been on the air since i think 97 um, yeah yeah south park is actually yeah they're probably up there only simpsons has beaten them you know the shows like south park and simpsons and sunny like they they go on for so long because they they you know they socially commentate on what's going on in the world like at that moment so i mean they never run out of material they just like build their show around what's going on and it's just like their take on it one of my best friends is super into south park even to this day and i really liked it when it when it was new and everybody always tells me it's such a clever show and i just can't i i can't get into it anymore i like the old stuff i can still appreciate it for what it is but i it's just not something i watch anymore you know 
And I get a lot of shit for that because he's always like, oh, well, you should give it another chance. It's a good show. But every time I, I put it on, I'm just like, I don't know. It does something about it does feel really juvenile and just like it's a little out of touch sometimes. Yeah, I, I feel like I kind of fell off with it in, I, I guess, the mid-2000s. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like maybe they peaked when they did. Uh, it, it was a three-parter episode. I, I forget. Was it Imagination Land? And uh, that, I feel like that was kind of where I fell off from it. Yeah. The um, I did watch the movie back in the day, and I did play the PlayStation game. And I had some fun playing the PlayStation game. <laughs> I, re- I remember being probably five years old. or The movie came out in 2000, so I, I must have been like five or six. I went to the uh, theater. We were seeing something else, but the, there was this huge line for the South Park movie. And, you know, they got the movie poster plastered up on the wall, you know, bigger, longer, uncut. And I'm just like, oh, what's that about? Like, it, it was a phenomenon in its heyday. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely was. Um, Because, you know, that was when they were at, like, peak popularity. And that was around the time of uh, Team America, too, I think. So that was another one of the the big uh, Parker Stone movies was Uh, that Team America. Which, I mean, that's I I still make memes about that to this day. I did um, Freedom Isn't Free. It costs costs a hefty fucking fee, Willie. Yes. Uh, and, And, you know, like, that's not even clever at all. And I just, but it's, there's something about it that that's an absurd, I would call that an absurd joke because it's not random. I'm working it into, uh, uh, you know, a theme there, but it's just, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. And yet it's, it's absurd and it's funny. And it actually, every time I post it, it does really well, but it's just such a dumb, dumb meme. I mean, freedom is, it's free willy, free, (laughs) you get free dumb. And then I just quote the song and then end it with Willie. I mean, all that it has in common is the word free. (laughs) And that's, that's really one of the foundations of a lot of the memes that you'll see is just rhyming words with other words. And then that just sets up the joke. Yeah. And sometimes I find that like, that's not really, you know, sometimes I see a meme where all someone did is sub a word, you know, it rhymes. And it feels lazy. I try not to do a lot of those, but yet you find yourself like in a meme block and that's all you can come up with is just, I'm going to change one word and that'll have to be good enough. But then I, I have this ability. I don't mean to do it. I'm, I'm definitely unintentionally more clever than I actually am. Um, I'll make a joke and like, it's literally just me make subbing one word or something. And then I'll go back and I'll read it and I'll realize I've made another pun that was totally unintentional. And then I can build off that. I'm like, okay, well I could relate that to a scene from a show. Um, and then I'll get into specifics. So then not only do you have a visual pun, you have a wordplay and then you have a, a, a word swap. So then it becomes a, a full rounded joke. And so sometimes they take on a life of their own that way. It is nice sometimes like just to scroll back through your camera roll and like look at your past memes and be like, how can I rework this? Like, is there something else that can be derived from this joke or this like specific humor? 
You know, I don't do I don't do a lot of that. I don't actually rework old memes unless I think they didn't get their fair shake. Like if I made it a long time ago and the joke is good, but the execution was bad, I sometimes rework those. But what I do like to do is have like my own running themes. I have like mini internal bandwagons where I'll just incorporate the Gorton's fishermen for weeks into different <laughs> things. And I'll make every possible joke. And and sometimes people hop on my little personal bandwagon. Sometimes they don't. Um, and some of the biggest bandwagons have started from just stupid shit like that. You know, like the anus, anus, anus dog. He, <laughs> he took off from memers block. I was just like, I hadn't made a meme in like two weeks. And I was like, I got to push through this and just make something. And I found a kind of funny picture of uh, the Tintin comic where a bunch of dogs are barking at a couple people. And there's like a couple guys coming up in the background all upset and they're like about to be busted for something. I don't know what's happening in Tintin. And uh, so I just blacked out what all the dogs were saying, which is like woof and bark and bow wow. And I just put mock like... Kid Rock Bawa to Ba lyrics, but as if a dog were barking the lyrics to Bawa to Ba. And like, that's pretty dumb. That's really dumb. But it was helping me get through Memer's block. But where the gold struck, and my, it was totally unintentional, was one dog in the back is just <laughs> shouting the word anus. And that absurdity must have struck a chord. Because I reread it later. I posted it thinking nothing of this meme. Like, I, I make a ton of shitty memes. Uh, and I posted it thinking nothing of it. And then I reread it and I'm like, that dog is like really funny. He like, there's something about just the way he's yelling anus. I don't know what it is. And it, I wasn't the only one. It took off like crazy. That week, I must have been tagged a thousand times in anus memes. And and it was just like, it took a life of its own. That's kind of a really special thing about the community too is that you know they they can take other people's jokes and they can run with them and you know that that kind of like support and camaraderie is really special like it's it's great to be able to share that humor with you know people that you've never even met it's it's great well, you know, it filled a really necessary void for me. Um, I've always been doing this sort of shit, like as long as I can remember, you know, I'm thinking like we talked about previously, like typing class in high school. And um, I've been making, you know, paint images of my friends. And there was always this real like, you know, what we call normies, right? Um, when I would post it to my regular ass Facebook, um, and I would get just such subpar reactions. I'd be putting myself out there. You know, I always, I'm always creating. I'm creating like music or a video or a podcast or memes, you know, all these years. And, and I'd always post them and I'd get so frustrated because like I'd get like two blue thumbs or something and it would just mostly go unnoticed. No one would say anything. And I'm like, man, what am I doing this for? Like if no one's appreciating the comedy and no one's really um, like getting what I'm doing and not in on the joke. So it really was like kind of disheartening for many years. And then like we talked about, you know, running with the if people can run with your jokes. You know, I found this community just totally accidentally. I stumbled into main group. I was just like, whoops, I was in like a few other groups and just like found my way into shit posting by mistake and it clicked and uh you know people are sharing my jokes now and uh people are in on the, the comedy and i was like well this is what i needed uh is a community to share 
just stupid comedy, you know, people that actually appreciate what I'm doing. I'm not, I mean, I do it for myself. Yes. Cause I'm a creator. I, that's what I do. I just make things all the time. I barely consume media cause I'm too busy making media. And, uh, it was nice to have a community of people who like want to get in on the joke. And so that took me a little out of my world and I can like, you know, participate in bandwagons and inside jokes in the group. And it's not just me pushing my content out to people that are basically jaded and don't care. You know, you share a picture of your breakfast and they, you'd see on Facebook hundreds of people like liking it and reacting it. And then I'd post out my hard work that I'd edited for days or whatever, and it would be met with crickets. And now I have this platform and th these friends that I've, like you said, never met in real life. I've, I've, uh, I think I've met one meme person in real life. Um, and we, you know, there's a couple that live here in Maine that we've talked about getting together, um, you know, maybe this summer going for a swim or something, but you know, for the most part, these are just people online and it is cool to have that community of like-minded individuals that you can share comedy and, and ideas with. I will say actually we're, uh, we're running kind of long here. Kind of long here. Uh, we're running kind of long here.